Welcome to Audible Interlude, a G.I. Joe podcast. I am your host, Dave West, codename Phantom Troublemaker. And I am your co-host, Noel Wood, codename Crapshoot. And I'm your Cobra intern that ordered 500 baklava instead of baklavas. Codename <laughs> Legion Cub. But it was so delicious. <laughs> it was good. It was a, that was the tastiest mistake ever. <laughs> it was. Uh, but, but now, now everybody can, can see, see our faces. faces. Yeah. So uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Audible Interlude Podcast and on Twitter at G.I. Joe Audible. Uh, you can see Name That Joe or Cobra on Instagram. Uh, five, I guess Monday through Friday is what we're trying to stick to here. We'll just put up a random Joe or Cobra figure and, and you guys can tell us very easy, the easiest trivia you'll experience all week long. Uh, we are four times a month. We do two news episodes, two segment episodes. Uh, so check us out wherever you get your podcasts and leave a review, whether it's uh, on uh, Spotify or iTunes or Podorama or wherever. I don't know. Leave us a review. We'd appreciate that. Uh, and tweet us your review. We'd like to hear about it. If you, we, we got a little news here. Well, we, we mentioned it last time. We are kicking off Joe Fest. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Noel and I, Christian, unfortunately, is going to be on training maneuvers. Uh, but Noel and I are going to be live at Joe Fest Saturday morning, 10, 15 a.m. We're recording a live episode of Audible Interlude, a G.I. Joe podcast. We will have uh, some audience interactive bits where you can win prizes I've got copies of the Joy of Joe book. I've got stickers. I've got pens now. I've got Audible Interlude hats. Uh, we, we're going to have itty bitty ditty bags full of goodies for anybody that wants to participate in this panel with us. Uh, so come check us out at Joe Fest in Augusta, Georgia. You can check out JoeFestUSA.com. Uh, it's it's going to be an awesome time. We're, we're very excited to get out there. I have, I have sold so much stuff on ebay just to get my funds up for joe fest spending i've christian this might blow your mind a little bit actually every single one of my mythic legions figures is up on ebay as we speak wow and i don't have i i have 11 figures because i've just from time to time i've i've picked up like i got uh the panthor figure and the mm -hmm. trap jaw figure and then a bunch of the lady figures and I just, at this point, I was like, you know what? I don't have anywhere to put these. I, I need the space. It's not something I'm actively collecting. Let me just look at eBay and see what they're going for. And some of those figures are going for like yeah. over a hundred bucks. Yeah. Like somebody timestamp this moment, uh, this incredibly rare moment in Phantom's life. <laughs> <laughs> because I have never heard those words come out of his mouth. Yeah, I, I don't... am not actively collecting. <laughs> well, right, right, but I, I, and also I don't sell toys. I, yeah. if, if if I run out of space for something, I put it in a tote and I put it in the storage room. But with these, like once I looked at the prices they're going for, I was like, whoa, we're we're talking like big Joe vehicle money here going into Joe Fest. So and when I balanced it out, like would I rather have you know, a down payment on a USS flag 
<laughs> or these Mythic Legions figures. There was no contest. There's a very good video by Toy Galaxy. Uh, <clears throat> it's an older one, but he talks about his collecting crusade and, yeah, and yeah. coming to terms with selling stuff off it. I highly recommend it if you are not used to it's, doing I, that because it'll it'll make you at one. With yeah, I, I know exactly which one you're talking about, and it will make you feel better about it. Well, and also the decision of whether or not to sell stuff, because there is right. stuff that I know I absolutely should never sell. It, it's all about when you look at something. It, it's funny. It goes back to that a few years ago. I was on Netflix or something. There was the lady who was throwing out everybody's stuff. Yeah. It was like, if it doesn't bring you joy, but there is some <laughs> truth to that. Like, I look at my vintage Joes now. And more than anything else in this room, they bring me joy. This is the last thing. This collection is the last thing I would ever sell at this point in my life, which is so crazy because a few years ago, I didn't even have any. But it, it's all, anyway, Mythic Legions, pew, out of here. That's why I always bring dates to my house first, and I point out, this all brings me joy. And then I look at them very stone cold. <laughs> this is what you're competing with <laughs> make me love you more than this this has a half-life of like ten thousand years what can you offer me <laughs> uh also coming up soon cobra convergence six now this is an event that encompasses all of the G.I. Joe fan media that's out there, essentially, like podcasts way bigger than us are going to be participating in this. It starts in July. Every month, or every month, every day in July, different uh, Joe fan media is going to be available as part of Cobra Convergence 6. Uh, and we are going to be putting an episode up on July the 15th. I'm not going to tell you what it is yet, but we are participating. But every day, uh, there's some some days like we're doubled up with somebody. There's so many people participating in Cobra Convergence Six that there are I think there's six total dates where two different entities are providing content. So this is a big big deal. Awesome. Um, you can find more out about this at Joe Fest. Hooded Cobra Commander will be there. He's the guy kind of or what hooded cobra what is hooded cobra commander yeah. what 788 just like the seven, his eight, tank like yeah. the his tank uh he's going to be at uh joe fest as a guest uh so you'll be able to find out more about cobra convergence six there but it's all cobra oriented gi joe content throughout the whole month of july so we're very excited to be a part of that and if you've like if you're not familiar with cobra convergence you can go back and uh, find older videos because it's been he's been doing it his, of course is the sixth year uh, and it used used to be you know four or five participants in a month um, yeah and they yeah. would do videos where they would kind of have a little storyline that would link together um, but yeah it's I'm so happy to be part of it after just watching all those uh, the, the previous year's content uh, and getting a chance to be uh, to yeah have my name permanently and attached to Cobra Convergence now part of the legend of Cobra that's, Convergence. That's right. Uh, and then finally, something we don't normally do in our segment episodes, but we do have a little bit of news to cover just because of how our scheduling worked out. Uh, and because it's Yojo June, uh, every Wednesday, Lenny and Emily have been doing something, whether it's on YouTube or Instagram or whatever. So this past Wednesday, or actually 
when this episode posts, it'll be two Wednesdays ago. We're not going to be able to talk about whatever happened this past Wednesday. Uh, so last Wednesday, they did an unboxing on Instagram of the Blue Ninjas and Kamakura, which went up for pre-order on Hasbro Pulse and on Amazon. Uh, and at the beginning of the Instagram live, they announced that Tunnel Rat and Snow Job are coming in 2023. Th- those were the two announcements. Uh, each each one of these Yojo June broadcasts, they have announced two more 2023 lineup figures. So so far we have uh, Torpedo and Copperhead, Shipwreck, and. Oh gosh, who was the other? Rock and roll. Rock and roll. And now Tunnel Rat and Snow Job. So Tunnel Rat, uh, I I basically just want a classified version of, of the classic Tunnel Rat because mm-hmm. I think there's enough there. He's an interesting enough character, like his look on its own, just to be updated to classified. Uh, this is very exciting. I just want his face sculpt to look exactly like Larry Hama this time. I want yep. I want Larry Hama on that. I don't know what they have to do to get it done, but but I I definitely I, it's got to be something they'd pursue. Uh, and then Snow Job, uh, I hear he likes to drink quite a bit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Lenny did mention that he will be equipped to perform many jobs in the snow. Now, for when I heard this, my thought was, oh, he's probably going to come with, like, all of the snow gear. He'll have the skis. He'll have the spiky boot attachments that the later figures came with. Uh, he'll, he'll come fully equipped for snow jobs. But some people interpreted this as he might potentially come with the polar battle bear. I would prefer that if that's what we're talking about. Do the same as the Baroness. Do the same as Breaker. Snow job with the Polar Battle Bear. That would be fantastic. But my instinct is that it's just he's going to come with a lot of snow themed accessories. I I don't know though. Well, they like to add a few extra accessories into a pack and raise the price by a. 10 11 well, 12 dollars randomly we might as we might as well talk about that now so the blue ninjas <laughs> and kamakura went up for pre-order they're amazon exclusive but were also available on pulse and i got lucky because you guys pro tip if you're a pulse premium member make sure those pulse notifications are turned on because that's how i found out those were up for pre-order is my Hasbro Pulse, yeah, and have the Hasbro Pulse app on your phone. I got that notification from the Hasbro Pulse app. I went in and I pre-ordered my Kamakura. I said before, I don't care about the Blue Ninjas, uh, and I don't, I do not have them pre-ordered. I think they're really cool, but they're just not something that I need. Um, So what's interesting is the Blue Ninja set, two Blue Ninjas, $44.99. $44.99. Reasonable price. Bargain. Bargain price. Uh, for, I mean, it's a repaint of the Red Ninja and it's a repaint of a Kiko. Uh, but with the masks and some extra accessories and whatnot. Uh, so, I mean, it's a really good value for the set. I wish there were other troop, bu- troop builders available for that price. Uh, and then Kamakura, $33.99. 
but he's $33.99, in my opinion, because he comes with an additional portrait and some additional accessories. If you compare him to a standard release Joe classified figure, he does actually have a higher value accessory count. Now, if it's a nine, well, wait. So if, if we're looking at $24.99 is the price point now, which I think it is. So we're looking at $9 more for an extra portrait and I think three extra pieces. I think it's an I think it's a bold choice to do that with this character, who's one that I agree with that. The majority of Joe fans probably are not that familiar with. Most people probably consider him a skippable figure. Right. I don't, because I'm actually but a big fan of Comic Core. You he is an exclusive. I'm not saying that's a valid reason for marking up a price. But it, but but you, it is. You do have people in the hobbies that will buy a figure simply because that is the an exclusive. Well, and an exclusive being marked up is 100% a thing. Like Oh, absolutely. Like I said, I don't always agree with it, but it's it happens. The, the, the market allows for it. Right. right. So... You know, I, I look, I pre-ordered him. I, I, but I like the character of Kamakura quite a bit. And I particularly like this classified interpretation of Kamakura. So to me, I was like, oh, this is great. I really like this. I don't want to be paying 34 bucks for it, but I, I like it enough. I, I want it on my shelf and it's not going to get marked down because it's only available on Amazon and Pulse. So that price is not going to change. Uh, so there you go. Oh, and at the end of the live stream, oh, well, what was interesting about this is Lenny unboxed them and, uh, or unboxed the, uh, well, the Blue Ninjas and Kamakura, and this was the plastic-free packaging, and we got to see what's inside of that, and it is the cardboard tray with the uh, accessories wrapped up, which I've said I am a thousand percent in favor of because if we it, just getting rid of those plastic trays that have warped so many figures and so many accessories over my time as a toy collector, great. That's one of the, to me, this is one of the biggest advancements in toy collecting that's happened in my lifetime is getting rid of those stinking plastic trays. I, I've always hated them. As a matter of fact, I, I did, uh, I unboxed some stuff today for the Needless Things YouTube channel, cheap plug. Uh, and I, there was a, a figure that had the old leg warp where it has the cowboy leg because of the way it was put into that plastic tray. I'm so glad those are going away. Uh, and then the very end of the stream, Lenny, uh, they unboxed a Bio Viper, which is really funny because so I had there, there are two things now. I understand Lenny and Emily have no awareness whatsoever of me, of, of Phantom Troublemaker on Instagram, of my activities or anything. However, twice now in a stream, there have been products very specific to something that I have done uh, in the Battlecore Leatherneck that was brought up in one of their videos. And now the Bio Viper, which I purchased a Bio Viper a couple of months ago, and kind of made a big deal about the fact that I was purchasing this goofy G.I. Joe toy 
that was something that I never had when I was a kid, something I never cared about, but I was like, ooh, that's kind of cool. And now they're opening up a Vio Viper. Use your powers sense. for good, Dave. I'm trying to, buddy. <laughs> Which is why in the stream, because Lenny asked, hey, do you guys want to see a classified Bio Viper? And I said, 100% yes, I want to see something that bizarre. Can you even imagine a 112th scale, fully articulated, modern, sculpt, paint job Bio Viper? Dude. Uh pretty uh, pretty uh, impressive figure it might go along with your inhumanoids better than it would go along with uh True. some of these joe figures well you know what you know where else the inhumanoids would fit in is in the retroverse that's right <laughs> <laughs> i'm so i'm so hanging on to the hope that that's actually a thing and not just emily <laughs> coming up with a cool word all right, you guys. Well, uh, that is our intro. That is all the news that we had to talk about, which we don't usually do news on these episodes, but just because of how the recording uh, landed, we had a little bit of news for you. I think it's time, if you agree, to move on to a review. you guys so we've i I, we try to switch up how we do reviews what we review what kind of media we review we've done comics we've done episodes of the sunbow cartoon at some point you know we're going to do one of the live action movies but i i like to try and switch it up a little bit but this time around this episode i wanted to review the single greatest piece of G.I. Joe media in the history of the franchise. And that is... Two forces waging endless war Every day they waste more But when the day is done And they go home What do they do for fun? The Ballad of G.I. Joe. So do you guys remember the first time you saw this video? And and for the listeners, if you don't know, The Ballad of G.I. Joe, it was a Funnier Die video that came out. Honestly, I think it was pretty early in the life of of Funnier Die, wasn't it? 2009. Uh, Yeah, 2009. So that was, I think it had been around for a couple of years at that point in time. I I remember it being one of the first, because I I didn't know, uh, to be honest, this may be what drew my attention to Funnier Die, because from there... I found like the Pearl, the landlord stuff. And, but, but I don't think there was a ton. I, I, I just, it didn't have the profile it had a couple of years later. Uh, and this, this blew my freaking mind. Well, do you guys remember your first time seeing this? Yeah. I, I remember it getting it, getting shared. It may have even been something that I saw on Facebook uh, in the early days of me being on Facebook. Um, but I just thought it was, and, you know, 2009 was a big year for GI Joe, as we've mentioned several times, right? Right. We had a live action movie. We had a couple different animated series that were out that year. We had lots of toys on the shelves. Um, and you know, kind of goes along with it that, Hey, here's a, here's a little funny satire video, but I remember seeing it and then watching it and going, is that, is that Zach Galifianakis? <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, wait, that's, that's, that's henry rollins and julianne Moore. what is going on here because 
I have, I still to this day have no idea because this wasn't produced by Funny or Die. This was like, no, this was two like film students. Like yeah. it's not, I, I don't, I still don't understand how this thing happened. No, no, I don't. And, it's, and especially for something that really kind of obscure in the, in, in the world of pop culture, GI Joe, um, you know, as an overall thing for like A-list celebrities to show up in this thing was mind-blowing. And it said still to this day, because I don't know who these guys are. I don't know how they managed to get all this talent on board. And well, and let, to, let me to... let me tell you who these guys are <laughs> because I felt it necessary. Because I look, I've watched this video a hundred times. I don't even know how many times over the past uh 13, 13 years, you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I genuinely do think it's one of the greatest things, greatest GI Joe inspired things to ever happen. Uh, so it was created by Daniel strange and Kevin Umbricht. Daniel strange was an editor on the between two ferns pilot. So that, that Galifianakis, that would maybe explain a little bit of it. That explains certainly Zach Galifianakis' presence, but also perhaps his access to some of these celebrities. Because in 2009, Uh, Zach Galifianakis was a big star. And it's kind of funny to think about that right now, because when was the last time we've seen him in anything big? Well, he made enough money. He's he's back on his farm in North Carolina. Uh, But Daniel Strange has done a ton of comedy stuff. And he's also, this is interesting, he's written for video games. He wrote Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions, uh, which, if you're not familiar, is kind of weird, like, who cares? But that was a big, big game. And to have written for a video game is is actually, in you know, the modern world, a pretty big deal. And then Kevin Umbricht. Like his, he's a little bit more of a mystery. He's mostly a video game producer, lots of Spider-Man games, uh, and then a game called Prototype, which was a pretty unique game that got a lot of critical acclaim. But still, none of those accolades totally explain how this video ended up being such an incredible thing. And I actually thought Kevin Umbrook was uh, Ben Stiller. I think the first time I watched this, he does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A slight, a, that, a yeah. little bit of a, a, you know, similarity there as so Ripper. I, I think this video came into my awareness because of G Four. I feel like maybe Attack of the Show featured it at some point, uh, but I don't totally remember how how I found out about it. Interesting bit though. Anybody here watching The Boys on Amazon? Yes. <laughs> I disconnected those dots Doc, last night. <laughs> Doc is Marvin. He's mother's, mother's milk, milk on The Boys. Mind-blowing. <laughs> uh, Alexis Beadell, who I have no familiarity with because I have not watched Gilmore Girls or Mad Men. She's also in, she was uh, also in Sin City. Sin City, yeah. she's Well, now yeah. that I should know. Yeah. Who was she in Sin City? She's, she was. Oh, go ahead, Noel. Well, she was the the one who t- turned on them. Um, the, the she set was them the all traitor. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. Uh, Billy Crudup from Almost Famous, which yeah. which is my like personal that I think that's one of the greatest movies of all time. Me too. Uh, but also Doctor Manhattan, yeah. uh, sw- swinging in the breeze, if you will. Uh, and then 
Henry Allen is Zartan. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, he was Henry Allen in Zack Snyder's Justice League movies. He's Zartan. Yes. And what a Zartan face he has. Like, if anybody other than Arnold Vosloo is going to be Zartan, it should be Billy Crudup. And probably, like, the deepest moment in the entire video is Zartan's characterization. <laughs> in this. Yes! <laughs> Who is the real me? Oh, man. Uh, this one I loved because I, I really hadn't dug deep into like the people that like you know henry rollins you know like the faces you know you know but then this was interesting to me tomax and zamot played by joey kern who is the d-bag from cabin fever which is completely perfect (laughs) and he hasn't done a whole lot other than that but uh eli roth's cabin fever absolutely incredible horror movie if, if you haven't seen it check it out if you're a horror fan and if you can deal with like some intense body horror <laughs> but he is the like selfish awful person who manage it well i won't i won't spoil it but he's perfect for tomax and zamot and he actually gets a really deep moment too yeah because he's boosting zamot's wallet and then has that moment of regret Right. Well, it's because he feels the loss. Right. <laughs> you, wait, you. Mm. He feels That's his brother's perfect. loss as he takes I his money away from him. Pick up on that, but you're totally right. That's exactly <laughs> what that is. I read that a little differently. <laughs> uh, but this whole thing—it's well, so beautifully shot. Yeah. But wait, wait. We have we have to give some recognition. So Chuck Lytle, who Chuck plays Lytle. Dong Ho, tell me that classifieds did not base their sculpt of Dong yeah. Ho off of him. So I've actually heard that before that they, they based uh, like the face for the classified figure and the mustache well, off and of the, the, the short yeah. mohawk. Like, and yeah, that's when, when honestly... I saw him, I was like, oh my gosh, because it's been a long time since I've seen this. Yeah. And it was just like somebody hit a light switch and I was like, no, that's legit gung ho. That and, was and the idea that gung ho and Dr. Mindbender are just chatting on ham radio, on not ham radio. each other to are uh is it's just wonderful to think about. And of course Tony Hale playing Dr. Mindbender. Yes, who... yes, yes. <laughs> uh because uh, so... I, I mean I was I was deeply into watching Arrested Development reruns at the time that this uh that this came out. So I was just loving seeing him there. Well, and the the only thing, because the the gung-ho classified figure is my second least favorite figure of the entire classified series. But the only saving grace for it is that Chuck Liddell likeness. Because I, I, from, in my review on the Needless Things YouTube channel, I mentioned that. Which, it'll get better once we get the one that's in the original toy colors. Oh, 100%. But that one has a different portrait. Mm. It's actually an entirely new head on that really? retro uh, Walmart figure. Well, I guess we'll be swapping heads. We'll see. We'll see. What were you going to say, Christian? Oh, so I, I was going to say, so I discovered this, I think, actually in like 2010 or 2011. Um, I was actually not very big into funny videos that were shared through websites and social media oh, because yeah, so many that were terrible. sent to me were bad 
yeah. So usually if I heard something was like funny or die, I avoided it. <clears throat> so a lot of my GI Joe friends are actually some of my early dragon con friends. And so we would all caravan. We would leave Orlando at like midnight and drive overnight to Atlanta. So which by the way, live episode of audible interlude happening at dragon con this year. So uh, it was one of those early years of the caravan that um, my buddy, Chris was like, Hey, have you guys seen this? And he put it on and we all, I mean, we died. So when, when he put it on, though, from, when he put it on, were you initially like, oh, gosh, I don't even want to watch this. This is going to be stupid. 100%. Yeah. 100%. And even with, because the black and white, the costumes, those first initial costumes, I was just like, ooh, these look really cheap. And this is just going to make fun of G.I. Joe. And then as I was listening to the the song, I was like, oh, this is actually good. And when we got back, I totally ripped this song off our audio system at work and had passed out CDs of it so that (laughs) it could become part of every year when we would caravan up to Dragon Con, everybody could have this to play in their car. And I've, done, I've done the same thing. It's on my nerd. I have a nerd playlist that's for when I'm driving that, which granted my drive is much more brief than <laughs> yours is, but I've got a, an hour of nerd music that I listen to when I drive downtown. And then it's, this is on it. And, and in my early days of, of costuming, uh, I have a pose that people call the Alan Tudyk hands. Cause the first time I ever met Alan Tudyk, I had a reaction. And so the fact that Alan Tudyk plays shipwreck <laughs> in this, there's lots of Alec Tudyk hands going on as interpretive dance. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you bring up a really good point because when you hear that somebody is doing something like this, your first tendency is to think they're probably going to make fun of GI Joe. And I really don't even want to see that. And or people that like they're just using G.I. Joe or they're like, I remember the first time I heard about Word Burglar, Welcome to Cobra Island. I think I, I told like, you about it here on this podcast. Yeah, I was like, eh, how good can this really be? I don't know that I believe this can be a thing. And now it's like one of the greatest albums I've ever heard in my life because of the way it's produced, because of how good he is. Uh, and how much he, you know he loves the subject. Matter. Right. And that's what it is, is you just are suspicious of anybody using something you love, I guess. Right. Well, same thing with the uh, G.I. Jeff episode of Community. Yes, uh, yes. I went into that kind of, okay, everybody's telling me, you got to watch this tonight. And I was like, all right, are they going, is, is this going to be disrespectful? And no, it yeah. was. It, it was, you know, it it lampooned the stuff that you, you expected it to lampoon, but it you could tell it was done as a love letter uh, to the original well, product. It's somebody that knew the subject matter and knew the right ways to poke fun at it. Right. Very similar to how the Venture Brothers handled their G.I. Yeah. Joe parody. Like it, 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 they, they knew their stuff. Mm-hmm. Like Doc Hammer and Jackson Public very clearly were fans of G.I. Joe and they knew exactly 
like the way to respectfully have a laugh. So, so yeah, same thing with community. Like it's, it's so nice. And that's what it is. If it's somebody that you can tell loves it as much as you do, it's okay to make fun of it. But if it's somebody on the outside, that's, that's when you get angry. And very clearly these guys who made the ballad of GI Joe love it as much as we do. Yeah. And Duke could only wish to be that cool. (laughs) (laughs) I would, I would love to hear Henry Rollins do a spoken word show in character as Duke, like (laughs) telling Duke stories, but in the Henry Rollins way. I could, I could imagine that Henry Rollins could get just do an hour plus of material about his experience filming 15 seconds worth of footage. Oh, he could. Oh, 100% he could. <laughs> and I would listen to every every minute of it. And it would be great. Yeah. Uh, so in watching this and, and its unique take on some of these characters, there are some things that in my head over the years have kind of become canon. <laughs> that I just be- now I think of, and, and we mentioned it earlier in the show when we were doing the intro. Now, as far as I'm concerned, Snowjob likes to drink quite a bit. <laughs> that's a, that's to me, that's canon now. Are there any things to you guys that are just like you hear the line and you're like, it's too good. I, I, I buy it. I cannot hear the names Destro and the Baroness without singing the next part of the song practicing the clarinet it's completely impossible for me now (laughs) to the point where i bought one twelfth scale clarinets to go with my classified (laughs) uh destro and baroness figures and i'll i'll put up pictures on uh the audible interlude instagram account of destro and the baroness practicing the clarinet i actually have two one twelfth scale clarinets for those figures that I, I had to buy there was no choice in the matter and of course vinnie jones and olivia wilde as destro and the baroness doing a, a fantastic dance scene <laughs> and and vinnie jones just straight up with a silver spray painted head yeah oh, yeah yeah <laughs> uh which is the only way i mean if you're going to cast him you don't put him under a mask come no. on uh, I like the idea of Tomax stealing from Zamot. Mm-hmm. I, I I just think that's like he's the slightly more crooked brother is now kind of a thing that's in my head. Uh, Cobra Commander, loving seventies boogie, that big one hundred percent. And now that I'm thinking he's about it, he's a used it, car salesman. It fits. This oh, man yeah. still listens to eight tracks. Oh, one hundred percent. And now that I'm thinking about it. I believe I'm going to print up. I'm going to, I'm going to go on. I'm going to use the Google. I'm going to look for old three dog night posters and I'm going to print up a little three dog night poster to put behind my Cobra commander classified figure. <laughs> and will, will, it, will it say reunited under penalty of death? Well, I see <laughs> that because that only happens when Cobra commander takes over the world. That's true. So I think I'm just going to do a regular three dog night poster. Okay. It makes and, sense. And, and have it because he's still trying to take over the world at this point. Uh, Zartan's insecurity. We talked about that very, very deep and believable. That to me is, is a thing now. 
I, I definitely believe Zartan has identity issues. Wonders, does Buzzer really respect me? Clearly he doesn't. He stole my motorcycle, my hologram motorcycle. <laughs> he stole it, blew it up because he has no respect for who I am as Zartan. That's a thing. Uh, I don't know go- if I can buy that Storm Shadow's just doing taking out the trash. Ta- yeah, just doing manual labor. That around doesn't the work for me. No, no. no, it's a funny visual, but that's not in my <laughs> head canon. I like to think it. It's punishment for being a ninja in the eyes of Destro. Maybe he knows that he's sympathetic towards Snake Eyes's cause. And, right. Maybe oh. it's punishment for him being so wishy-washy, going back and forth all the time. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, Gung Ho having a ham radio. 100 <laughs> percent Totally fits. Not even Absolutely. not even a question of that. Uh, and then finally, the last thing that uh and, and I have yet to hunt down a 112th scale triangle, <laughs> but the forthcoming Sergeant Slaughter figure. That's what he should come with. That's true. <laughs> that should be the mystery accessory. That should have been it. I would take that. Although I think it will be easy enough to customize a one twelve scale triangle out of like a paperclip or something. Yeah, yeah I think you can handle that. But I'm 100% doing that. <laughs> I think that was that was probably of, of all of the stuff watching this the first time getting to the end and seeing sergeant slaughter show up that was the squee moment yeah yeah because i mean yeah. everything else is just great and you're just like oh that's oh my that's i oh i i get that reference and you're going through the whole thing and then all of a sudden at the very end there's sergeant slaughter just to put a little bow on it Ting. <laughs> yeah I, even I, though some really people was. don't like sergeant slaughter well, uh, but so you, both of you what? voted him out of GI Joe. Look, I was Whoa. I was taking a, a neutral position. I just had to go by the arguments. <laughs> watching Awful. it, remembering when I watched it the first time, because it was all celebrity cameo, celebrity cameo, celebrity cameo. I do remember when Sergeant Slaughter came on the screen of that first trying to figure out, wait, is that Sergeant Slaughter or who is that? Right, who have they got playing Sergeant Slaughter? Oh, wait. He looks just like Sergeant Slaughter. (laughs) But Zach Galifianakis also looked just like Snowjob. Right, right. (laughs) Well, they all, I mean, everybody cast in this is is just fantastic. I mean, they really, uh, this this, i'm being completely serious when i say this is one of the greatest pieces of gi joe media it's it's pretty great Uh, um they do of course uh go with the scarlet and duke relationship but you do see snake eyes kind of pining for uh for scarlet that's why he's painting by the way him and him and scarlet are totally going on behind duke's back i think in this Ooh, video wow well so he's just among all the celebrities of course uh snake eyes is played by andreas owald who is a member of the finest if you are not aware of it oh um, really yeah yeah he's uh he's up in our dc garrison area um, okay he's yeah he's been he's been a member since the beginning i believe so um i believe the finest was a thing when this thing happened um i'm pretty sure that the cobra commander uh, helmet was actually a Pit Viper Studio helmet as well, so that would be ah. Lynn, who was the fi- the founder of the finest. Well, and and 
you know, all of the costumes are great. And that that's another element of it that really puts it over the top is how great everybody looks. It's not just that casting. It's And I love the idea that Scarlet sleeps in her uniform. Mm-hmm. She's ready for action. <laughs> right. Whenever there's trouble. So uh, Ballad of G.I. Joe. I, I couldn't recommend it any more highly. I can't imagine anybody listening to this has not seen it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think that you're going to watch. This is going to be something that's, it's better, it's better delivered in video form than just listening to the audio. The the audio is funny. But the audio is fantastic. I mean, like like we said, we have the audio. It's it's in our playlists. Like, it's it's also a great, uh, it's not a parody song, but a humor song, I guess. Now, Uh, technically, is this this a Cold Slither song, technically? Because oh, it's being wow. performed by it dreadnoughts. Is the dreadnoughts. You're right. <laughs> Whoa. So when Super 7 does cold slither figures, it needs to include a cassette of the Ballad of G.I. Joe mm-hmm. and Cold Slither on the other side. Well, I guess the Ballad of G.I. Joe would be the B side. Sure. But Cold Slither is the, the A side. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right. Uh, any more thoughts about the ballad of G.I. Joe? It's the s- second most chill-inducing moment of G.I. Joe media behind the very opening of the movie, the animated movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, you guys. Well, it is time now to move on. Welcome to Instruments of Destruction, where we look at one of the vehicles from the G.I. Joe line. And for this episode, I'm looking at a toy that uh, I never actually had as a kid. I didn't acquire my first one in its entirety until about three or four years ago. Uh, but it was something I always loved. Uh, and uh, that vehicle was originally called the Rhino, at least according to the Order of Battle uh, Whoa, in Marvel really? Comics. Yes, that was the prototype name, but we know it better, of course, as the Havoc, uh, which, oh, why don't I have the, uh, oh, I should have the uh, the actual acronym for what it stands for. because Heavy Articulated, articulated vehicle, vehicle Ordinance Carrier. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so um, as, as G.I. Joe was want to do back in the day, they like to, you know, kind of give these silly backronyms that, uh, you know, made it work with the word havoc is just a fine name on its own but i guess it's okay because it I guess it sort of describes what it is uh, it is articulated it is an ordnance carrier um it it has a lot of weapons uh i would say um i guess what i loved about this thing when i was a kid seeing it in the catalogs and seeing it in all the media as it was featured quite a bit was it's it was a futuristic unrealistic weapon in the sense that like you know this is like this is like no vehicle that actually exists in the real world but it still had that like olive green um it still looked like it would be workable in a military environment it had the treads it had 
you know, the big honking cannons, although the placement of those cannons on a on a seat that rises up above the canopy is a what, what is the bizarre point of, choice. So I've got my havoc in front of me right now. What is the point of this? <laughs> what, what, why does this even do this? It's I, toyetic. Don't get me wrong. That well, that and it also pulling it forward allows you to better access the engine below it and uh, open up the uh, the back panels, so we can actually uh, open up the uh, the the ground effect vehicle, the GEV, which uh, can act as a backup fighter or an advanced scout, apparently. Um, also, of course, you got machine guns on the front. You got machine guns pointing backwards at the back. You have four missiles. Uh, that also, I guess, uh, technically face backwards, although you can also turn them around and face them forward if you like. I, I face them forwards. I, I like them backwards. Uh, same reason why you have have those other ones in the back, because if you look at this vehicle and I've, I've seen I've read some some people's interpretations of what it would be used for. This is not your frontline fighter. This is a support vehicle. So because no, it's got your driver is just completely exposed sitting on top of the vehicle which by the way i love yeah yeah it's i said it looks great when it's on your shelf and you're displaying your cross country up there it's also got this gigantic glass canopy in the front where you have two drivers who are facing down anyway so they don't even need to have a giant glass canopy awesome (laughs) i mean yes i love them i love them facing down but because they're facing down and they don't actually need to look through glass it doesn't make sense to have this giant uh target but right there in the front I love, when I was a kid in my toys, I loved big, transparent canopy pieces. Oh, yeah. I, 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 that was just the coolest. And in my head, of course, G.I. Joe and Cobra use bulletproof translucent material. Of course, of course. Like, this is not glass. This is some kind of high-tech, futuristic uh and for the listeners i'm sitting here with my havoc right in front of me right now because this is i was thrilled you picked this because this is top five one of my favorite gi joe vehicles i love this thing i did have it when i was a kid uh and it's so great because look this this whole turret on top being movable is complete nonsense uh but it's especially since it only really like it it goes up and down and you can you can tilt it upwards i guess you could use it as like air support that way but it doesn't go left or right so you have to move the entire vehicle it's completely silly aim it but uh there's so much to this it's there's so many things to fidget with you mentioned the the missiles the machine guns that are pointing backwards uh that do pivot uh, the machine guns in the front that are uh, have a little bit of range of, of rotation and the little vehicle. What is the little vehicle called? The ground effect vehicle. The GEV. So this little guy. So this was when I came into my current vintage collection a few years ago. This was the first vehicle that I bought when I finally decided I am going to rebuild the collection I had when I was a kid. This was the first vehicle I bought. Now it was at the time it was still pretty affordable. I feel like I got this. uh, I think it was like 45 bucks shipped and it's, it was complete, but the ground ground effect vehicle. Yes. 
the one that came with it something was broken on it i can't see the other ones over there so i had to buy another one of these for like 10 it was 10 bucks 10 bucks to get this uh but i love how the little hover part it's on this little sliding gizmo here so there's action there to be had when you send somebody out on a little recon mission or whatever uh because all these years, I thought that was just a solid piece. No, no, no. It's it's a little... There's actually a little... <clears throat> there's a slot on the bottom here where the little hover fans attach. So it has... For, for no reason. Look, this does <laughs> nothing. Why does this do this? Because it's fun to fidget with. Yeah, I guess I guess ideally it stabilizes it or it, it allows it to steer because it doesn't have any like fins on it. But whatever. Sure. It doesn't matter because Cause you're it's a... Fun. You're an 11 year old kid who has this gigantic vehicle, which because you're a 46 year old man who right. has this gigantic vehicle. <laughs> um, both that too. of both of the sets of treads rotate. There's just there's so many moving parts on this thing. It's such a fun toy. And you got like removal. Like you got the removal engine cover. You can uh, there's like hubcaps essentially over the treads. Yeah, which is that can so be weird. But, but it looks great to it right yeah it looks it's great better. with them covered and you can also take them off and you can see like the the kind of realistic wheels underneath there they didn't have to put that that feature in but you know they just chose to and and that's the big thing is somebody had a lot of fun designing this thing like some some guy working at hasbro they said we want some more vehicles, but we want to kind of get away. Well, one, they may have kind of, at this point kind of run out of because this was 86. 86. At this point, they were kind of running out of interesting real world things to do. So they were probably told, look, let's go ahead and get a little wacky. And this, my friends, is <laughs> is wacky. But like you said, Noel, because of the color, um, and 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 the recognizable elements it still seems kind of reasonable yeah yeah so it's when when you're in especially when you're in like kid mode and you're playing with your gi joe it still has enough of that realistic quality to it where you could believe this being on the battlefield and it's not too sci-fi oh when i was uh, a kid i probably had no idea this wasn't a real vehicle <laughs> But yeah, as I mentioned before, it's probably, you know, I, I would say this is kind of a support vehicle where you, you know, you've got cross country in the uh, in the driver's seat or the gunner seat or whatever it is up top. And so he's just picking people off from behind. And then they've got the rear mounted missiles and the machine guns so that if anybody is coming up from behind, you can take them out as well. That was always the the what I kind of figured. And of course, I didn't have this a kid. I didn't. I didn't get a chance to actually own one in its complete status until just a few years ago when I picked one up at uh, at the JoeCon. But uh, well, that's, and that's how I envisioned it being in used in the uh, in the actual battles. What what you have pointed out about these rear facing missiles? What I've realized here, and I'm turning mine around to face the rear now, is they don't have clearance beyond the articulated cannon. If these missiles actually fired, they would explode against the back of the articulated armature here. So they have to be rear facing. You've also got to figure too. So one thing I loved about this 
is that I, I always liked vehicles that carried a lot of to- a lot of figures. Mm-hmm. Yes. And this one, this one carries 12, which is quite a bit, but you do have to remove those missiles to get them on some uh, yeah. of those pegs in the back. That's I'm looking at the foot pegs now, and there's no way like you can you can get one. Well, here's the problem. You can get one figure on the uh the struts right here or whatever it is, the the foot panel thing. But if they launch those missiles while somebody is standing there, they're going to be incinerated. <laughs> so th- this would, you would have a number of Havocs and you would have some that are armed with the missiles and some that are more troop transports that don't have the missiles armed up, mm-hmm. uh, loaded up. And you've just got three characters on each side. But yeah, it, uh, this is a multi-purpose, fun excellent vehicle and i guess we can't talk about it without talking about the elephant in the room which is its driver well look (laughs) i loved cross country when i was a kid look i still love cross country to the point where i'm going to show you that i have this framed on my wall that is an 11 by 17 painting of the cross is that is that a painting of the figure or is that a painting of cross country? So this is from, uh, this is the original art. Uh, if you'll notice that he's one of the few that uh, like his file card is, uh, is different from the box art because the box art he's face down. So you have to, so oh. actually to completely do a separate one. And thanks to um, Carson Metaxas, and uh, the art of G.I. Joe that he's been collecting. And... Oh, because Hawk is actually in the... So this is... let's let's talk about the box real quick. You have Lifeline in the recon vehicle. You have Hawk up top in the, the articulated mount. And then Dial Tone and Cross Country are actually face down in the front of the vehicle. Yep. That's Cross Cell, ladies and gentlemen. So Carson <laughs> Metaxas... So, yeah, so this was from his booth. Um, my wife actually picked this up from it uh, for me because I do costume uh, cross country. Um, and so I love I love the character. I thought that he got for for a vehicle driver who you would think would be kind of a secondary, like, you know, or tertiary character. He got a lot of characterization in yeah. the cartoon. And Larry Hama apparently loved him because he got way more characterization than the majority of uh, of vehicle drivers did uh but he also got to survive one of the most vicious storylines in the history of gi joe he was one of the very few to survive that storyline yeah, yeah so um got a lot of love and of course the elephant in the room being that uh well he does have some imagery that is not exactly acceptable uh in oh, today's look, times as a kid i looked at this belt buckle and I thought he's got the same thing that's on the top of the General Lee. That right. is awesome, right? Because we didn't know any better at the I time. I had no context for that. I just we thought both it grew was up cool. in the South. Yeah, I had a I had a General Lee big wheel. Oh yeah, it, I had General Lee everything. Yeah, it had. I had no. I had no context for what was behind that flag at the time. It meant nothing to me beyond it's on this TV show that I really love about those darn old Duke boys. That's right. And now there's a GI Joe figure who's apparently a fan of Dukes of Hazard. 
<laughs> of and, course, and a bunch of stuff at Stone Mountain. And of course, also uh, Robert Blaze was the character's name, but much like Rhino being the original name of the vehicle, according to or the Order of Battle, uh, his name is also listed as Arlen Slaughter, whose grade was E5, meaning that technically he was Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> so I'm guessing once they inked a deal with one certain Robert Remus, yes. they were like, well, we're going to change your name now to Robert M. Blaze instead of uh, Arlen W. Slaughter. That's wild. <laughs> so I'm looking at the detail on the back of the box, and we mentioned it being uh, a troop carrier if you remove those missiles. And boy, howdy, do they have it loaded up. Because if you look at the detail here, you have Dusty, and it looks like maybe Wetsuit are in the front. Mm-hmm. You have Cross Country up in the turret, which is where I put him on mine. Then on the back, dial tone, footloose, low light, lady J, airtight, flint, tripwire, and quick kick all hanging out. And then lifeline in the recon vehicle. So they actually have four fig. Oh, yeah. Okay. Cause look, I didn't even notice the back foot pegs. This is wild. How many well, figures yeah. you can put on 12 this characters can ride. And dial tones humongous backpack. <laughs> yes. Yes. You can even fit that. Uh, and air and airtight's uh, massive hose. So this is an awesome vehicle. I'm a big fan of it. And it did get, and look, if they want to do, if they ever re-release this, they could do Tiger Force. I'd buy it. Python Patrol. I'd buy it. Do it. Whatever crazy cult Night Force. I don't care. But they, we actually got a Sky Patrol version of it. Mm-hmm. Which, what a weird, cho- well, I guess not because it has the little recon vehicle. Yep, yep. Floats. And of course, when they did the for the collectors club, um, when they released cross country, they did a a, a repainted snowcat as the havoc, which I think kind That's of right. works as a bit of a, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna do something a little differently, I think that kind of does work. They have kind of similar functionality. And the snowcat's a little smaller and a little bit more compact and probably a little faster. Hang on, I gotta make a timestamp here because I cut out somehow. Oh. Uh so hang on. <clears throat> I gotta make a time note. Yeah, my zoom just stopped. Oh. Oh, but it is still recording right now. I'll have to figure this out in editing. Uh, All right. So go back and start with when they did the collector club. Gotcha. All right. All right. In three, two, one. Of course, when they did uh, cross country for the collectors club, they released a Havoc Mark II, which was a repainted snowcat. So, um, of course, they, they've never re-released the Havoc in it, itself in any of the more modern lines. Um, but I, I figure if you're going to do an upgrade to that or you're going, or if you're going to be able to kind of 
do something else as the havoc. That's a good starting point because they probably serve very similar functions. They both have a lot of a lot of weapons. I guess they both are considered ordnance carriers in that sense. Um, they both have a lot of foot pegs. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'd say the the and giant glass pa- glass canopies. So there are some similarities there. <laughs> Although uh, the havoc does not have that critical windshield wiper. That's true. That's true. true. So if it but if the it driver snows, is up top, he doesn't need the windshield. Well, uh, and the guys in the front are facing. Well, down that's anyway, true. So yeah, they, they don't. don't they it. have no need for the windshield wiper. That's yeah. a good point. Uh, so this Sky Patrol Havoc or the Sky Havoc, this thing is all chromed out. Yep. I want one of these so freaking bad. Do they go for a ton? Do you know? Well, anything that's going to be vac metalized like that. Oh, it's going to look bad, isn't it? Well, yeah. If you if you find one in good shape, it's going to cost you. Let's see. I'm I'm looking on eBay right now. Sky Havoc. Let's pull up sold auctions. And and for I, I realize everybody knows this, but maybe everybody doesn't know this. If you want to find out the price for something, uh, look it up on eBay, but make sure you check sold items. Yes. Uh mm-hmm. to, to get the actual idea. So this 1986 G.I. Joe Sky Patrol Havoc Vehicle Vintage Excellent Pre-owned. $55. I don't think that's uh wow complete. Uh, I'm seeing it looks it looks complete to me. Really? Well, you know, and that stuff happens from time to time yeah. though, where something goes under the radar. Here's one with the box and the blueprints for 19050. That's um, a, so that's actually a lot less. But then again, this here's vehicle one for 200 As you mentioned, the Havoc itself is one of the more reasonable ones to get complete um on the aftermarket i got mine and again i I picked it off of just a just a lobby sale um at uh, joe fest a few years ago but i got a complete one for 20 bucks and he was like i can go get the have the cross country out of my car for another five and i was like that's fine i got one of those so um i've got like four cross countries for whatever reason yeah Uh, that's one of those ones that i I managed to pick up several of and don't even know how i acquired them it looks like Around two fifty is probably what you're going to pay. Prices are anywhere from that fifty five up to two seventy five. But again, I think the fifty five that that's on here is just one win under the radar, and and somebody just got lucky. Yeah, and I guess you know, I have to look deeply and to see because I mean, fact metalized. Like I I remember getting some of the the Beast Wars figures back in the nineties that were vac metalized and a year in storage and they just were bubbled and curled up and yeah that that stuff is uh doesn't always last through the uh, through the years yeah well even even finding a super trooper mm-hmm. was a little bit of a challenge i got really lucky at uh toylanta finding one of those uh so fantastic toy design somewhat impractical vehicle but you know i don't care yeah i want a good toy and that's what this is. Any more thoughts about the Havoc? Christian, are you like a little itchy for a Havoc now? I am. I, I have always loved the design of the Havoc. Um, unfortunately, I never owned one. Neither did any of my friends. So, um, yeah, I was so excited to be able to hear you guys talk about it tonight. and And now, even more so, I feel like I'm going to own one before the year is up. It's it's just a a great fun vehicle and 
uh, the way that it's designed, it could accommodate modern era figures as well, I think. Yeah. Like you could get 25th anniversary figures onto this thing. Although the foot pegs aren't going to work, but whatever. Yeah. The, well, I mean, they, and they've remolded the foot pegs for the other ones. But uh, I, I want to say, too, that the figures might be a little too tall. Well, but you can, there's room to bend the knees, bend the ankles, like in the, in the, yeah, work. when, in the in the front part where they're laying down though, uh, I, I know that there have been some issues with like even Just with the old three the, and three quarter figures. Put the knees that, up. Put yeah. the knees up. It's yeah. fine. We'll they, they they can be like sixteen year old girls uh, listening to <laughs> to uh, monkeys albums with their feet up. Which is Davy Jones. <laughs> young, young ladies listening to Davy Jones. <laughs> Welcome to Audible Interlude, a 1967 G.I. Joe podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're clearly talking about the wrong era of Joe's on this show. Oh, All yeah, right. looking at this one $55 uh, one, I, it definitely has some uh, not Sky Havoc parts. Uh, oh, does it? Yeah, it's got some original Havoc parts on it as well. Oh, okay, well. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I, if I ever come across a Sky Havoc for a reasonable price, I, I will get one. <laughs> so I probably will never get one. All right, guys. Uh, well, it is time now to move on. And now it's time for America's Elite, where we take a look at a Joe figure or Cobra, through all of their releases, all their costume iterations, and we decide what is the best version of that character. So my pick for today, I wanted to go back, 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 back to my very first experience with G.I. Joe and seeing them on the toy shelves. And the first Joe figure that I bought was Scarlet. So we are going to take a look at our intelligence agent for the Joe team as part of the very first wave uh, and the first lady character for G.I. Joe. So. so do you want to run through these iterations or you want me to <clears throat> okay, list so. us off? So version one, uh, which is what I consider, it's her standard. It's it's the the unitard with the leggings, the boots, the shoulder piece, the gloves with the ninja throwing stars. Uh, she came with a crossbow. I oh, love that. Yeah, right. Great she weapon. had. And even though they they showed her on the cartoon with a long, you know, with the ponytail, because girls have long hair, um, I really <laughs> liked that the toy, she had short hair, because as far as I knew as a kid, women in the military had to keep their hair cut short. Well, the same thing with like cover girl as well. Uh, yeah. She had short hair on the figure, but they, they gave her long hair. Uh, in the media a lot. Yeah. So um, obviously version one, she has the straight arms, 
Um, she came out in 1982. Um, and again, she was my very first Joe figure. Uh, so then the very next year, <clears throat> we get version 1.5, where she now has her, her swivel arms, but nothing else really changed i believe i don't i don't know though looking at these two comparing them she does look like they actually maybe re-sculpted the body piece as well because it does look a little curvier but that could just be this photo i'm looking at i feel like it well and that's the thing that's tough to tell when you're looking at yojo uh is there could be differences in the lighting when they took the picture like the because these colors look a little different to me but maybe they're not but she does look like, you know, they changed the waist pieces when they did the swivel arm battle grip versions mm-hmm. as well. Her waist looks a little more trim, as does her torso. Uh, and see, I've got the one on my shelf is a swivel arm. I had a straight arm that I tried to replace the screw in, and it, it basically exploded oh. the housing and the torso. Oh. Yeah, I was pretty mad about that. Uh Oh, I also want to point out uh, before we get away from version one and version 1.5. So in the package, the Ninja Throwing Stars on her gloves was a major selling point for me. Opening her up and then finding out that on her other arm, on the inside of the glove was a sculpted gun. That was also really cool. Because if you lost her crossbow, she always had a weapon. And uh, one thing to note, of course, too, is this was the only figure that did not have foot uh, holes for the foot pegs. Very annoying. That's right. Yeah. Because yep. she's got the high-heeled boots. Yep. Well, and just the, the feet were so much smaller than the other figures, too. Um, so mine is, I use, I use Gorilla Tack to hold my figure up on the shelf. Mine's just standing there. She's fine. And uh, it is I a great never look. It's had, a great design. I never had the swivel arm version of Scarlet. My straight arm version was it until her rubber band finally broke. Gosh, I think I was in college by that point. Um, so also looking at them, I she has the baggier arms for the swivel arm feature. Yeah, yeah, they're a little her, thicker. Yeah, um, so take that for what you will um but then so for being a a main character for joe uh i feel like she fell into even though there were other female figures in the line scarlet did not get another figure for 10 years well i think she was a victim of just just like so many other joes they they didn't look at we need a new version like because roadblock got a new version but he was very special for that for the most part, they just replaced them. Like Doc got replaced by Lifeline. Grunt got replaced mm-hmm. by Footloose. Uh, Scarlet got replaced by Lady J. Like they really just replaced characters rather than evolving characters. Well, that too, time. they're like of the other female characters that were ever released. None of them got a second toy in the vintage right. line. She's the only one that did. And there was still, despite the fact that these were very popular characters, there's still that mentality with the toy companies. Well, boys don't want to buy girl figures. Well, to when this obvi- day. 
Right. And, and when, obviously that's not true. I mean, obviously this was a care. This is a toy I never had as a kid because I don't remember ever seeing her on the shelf when I had my allowance in my pocket. Oh, wow. Interesting. So I, I definitely I, had one, but I don't remember if I had a straight arm or swivel arm. I cannot remember as a kid, which one I had. Hmm. I, I, I find it interesting that you use the choice of words that uh, evolve because I don't know that I would say her second <laughs> ever figure is an evolution. Although, although I'll give Hasbro some credit, I think they were trying for something. Uh, but in 1993, Scarlet Version 2 is part Yikes. of the Ninja Force subset comes out. And we have... And for oh, some reason, a 90s looking figure. they oh, chose goodness. to give her Eddie Izzard's likeness. This, <laughs> so the design aesthetic of this costume, I think, is fantastic. The, the at least like if this were on a decent looking figure, but yeah, what yeah. they what they did with the waist, and I realize that with it's these Ninja Force toys, yeah, what they were doing with these Ninja Force toys was they wanted to give them these action features, but right. her waist. It's not even so much that it has this weird blocky crotch with these wide hips. It's that they gave her this like bikini piece that comes down to this perfect V in the middle of her crotch with a straight line directly underneath it. So inappropriate. It is so monstrous and just hideous. And <clears throat> whoever designed this figure should have been fired. Like if this were a standard three and three quarter inch figure with this with this deco, I would have loved it. Yeah. It, yeah, I agree. So, as Noel was saying, so instead of having the rubber banded body, her her body, her like you know torso and crotch area, it's all one piece. She has a a T crotch like an old Star Wars figure. Uh, still has articulation in the knees. She has knee high boots with kind of this. Uh, circular knee pad coming up off of that um like Noel said she's wearing I don't know what how to describe it other than like a corset bikini I Christian I don't know where you're having a problem here it's very clearly ninja gear (laughs) (laughs) well it looks like they gave her um uh Xandar's shoulders yeah i think those are the same arms, the armor pieces. upper arms uh she has i'm assuming <laughs> ninja elbow guards uh they just look like circles uh circular pieces to me well they match they match her knee pads in, in right. form but not in color uh they so she has a sculpted head with hair that has been sculpted back it's it's eddie izzard Izzard. (laughs) i mean it just is look at that it is very eddie izzard (laughs) but then they gave her actually an actual ponytail so real hair coming out of a hole in the back of her head uh which is rooted hair we call that in the business uh it's not it's just it's never a good look to mix the two unless it's zanzibar Zanzibar is the only one who can carry that off. Uh, well, and actually, no, her uh, so her upper arms, her whole body was original. Uh, so the oh, those really? upper arms are very similar okay. 
to other figures, but they are completely original. And apparently her whole body, except for the head, was recycled to make Chun Li. Yes. Yeah, yeah that I was aware of. Gosh, like the, this thing the is the colors hideous. are garish. Um, she does come with a lot of the same weapons that all the other Ninja Force figures came with, but um, you know, I said this uh, is this is this, this is. one hurts because I think that that Deco would have looked really good on a regular figure, and yeah, the colors are garish, but they fit in with what they were doing at the well, time. Well, yeah, even the colors, yeah. yeah, yeah, the colors don't honestly bother me. It's it's really is just that whole. It's so. It's such an ugly chunk. I, you, I love the look. She's got throwing knives on her back. I love the sash that she's got. Like that soft good sash actually looks pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Like the gi that hangs took up the side. That concept and put it on an O-ring body. Yes. Then I don't think it would be as bad. No, no. I I, I think that it would have been. It would have gone from like my bottom ten to a figure that I would have liked to have owned. Yeah, but but as it stands, like I have said in the past, this is one of the worst figures they ever released during the line. I agree. Uh, the original line, one hundred percent. So then we jump ahead to nineteen ninety seven to Scarlet version three, which is a re-release of version one. Only now her unitard is more of a darker orange color, and her bodysuit is like this dark blue. Um, this is one that came with the Stars and Stripes Forever box set that Ooh. Noel just can't get enough of. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite. <laughs> um, some the one thing I noticed with this one is the the paint job that they did on her eyes, at, at least for the picture that they have on YoJo.com, they're not really centered. On her my, head, they're kind my, of wistfully looking up, mine and it makes doesn't her look, look very sad. Like this, it, it probably varies from figure to figure because mine, the eye placement is a little bit better on it. Mm. Uh, I actually, aside from the rivets, I actually like this one quite a bit. I do like the colors. Yeah, the one. the plastic, and I, I, I've never held one in my hand, but the the plastic looks like it might be a little cheaper, especially on the main body. That's a, almost like a translucent orange. It looks like no, it's it's pretty it's it fits in with the rivets are really the only thing that make this stand out from from traditional Joes like that. I've it's it's fine. It feels okay. like a Joe. So, OK, not so bad. Now, let's jump ahead to 2002. Oh, boy. Where we get Agent Scarlet. And I mean, it, it listeners. From here on now, we're going into a stretch that's that's pretty much, um, I think, someone at Hasbro just hated Scarlet. So, I loved this figure when it came out. I was collecting. I've I've said before, I was collecting at the time. So you liked when they made Scarlet an orangutan in two thousand two. I recognized the proportions were odd (laughs) at the time. But the whole line was like that. Like, it, it just was the new aesthetic of G.I. Joe. And to me, to go from the somewhat dull Sergeant Savage figures that were not scaled to go with the original Joes to the horrendous G.I. Joe Extreme figures, 
to the just kind of weird real American hero stuff that came out between 97 and 2002, you know, some of which was great. Some of which was a little dull, honestly. And then we get new designs, a new toy line that clearly had Hasbro's full support behind it. Like movies. I I didn't. So I didn't with, love these proportions, but I loved these designs. It, it so it looks like they are trying to do an updated version of her original yeah. G1 costume. Absolutely. Um, so she's got the the unitard, the bodysuit, she's got some extra belts, she's got the ninja stars on her gloves. Um her shoulder pad pieces <laughs> are sticking up a lot more i think where they failed in this figure the in these gi joe versus cobra fit line some of the figures their heads look a tiny bit too small for their body oh yeah and then they had these really big and wide shoulders so when you look at how big her upper body is her lower body is her legs are way too skinny to well it's really those her upper body those arms look like they came off of a larger scaled male figure yeah everything else about her isn't her head's a little small but if just if those arms were a little shorter and 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 smaller this would look so much better and she's a she's a quite buxom lass as this scarlet yes. as well well that's just <laughs> it was now, the, it was the early 2000s go back and look at any toy lines since you were collecting at this time the only picture i'm looking at of her right now it's only a face fronting photo did she have the ponytail or did they give her the short hair uh i she's got a ponytail i, I can say that 100 percent for sure I don't have my figure is boxed up right now. I don't currently have these displayed, but she definitely had a ponytail. Okay. From from so, my recollection. So in that same year, uh, we got a second version of her, and it looks like they improved somewhat on her proportions so now she's just wearing a solid blue bodysuit um some gray elbow length gloves oh this is totally the same figure it's just repainted it is because they they repainted everybody this year every figure i i am fairly confident in saying that every figure that came out had at least one repaint, and this those is just, are the same arms. Yes, this is that just a repaint of that is figure. A miracle, then, <laughs> because it is doing a very good job at hiding how massive those arms were. Like the other one, it's you know they're trying to use even an even lighter tan than what her G one figure has. I don't know what it is about that paint that just showed you how huge these arms are. In this photo, her arms look like they actually come. Well, I guess actually her elbow is bent a little bit. So yeah, if you straightened it out, it would come down to her knee. 
So the first one we were talking about has, is essentially the G1 colors, although there is a lot more color on the figure, but she's got the yellow bodysuit and the green uh, undersuit. I don't know. Uh, and then th this, the one thing that really did bother me at the time is that everybody had G.I. Joe logos stamped on them somewhere, but it doesn't look cool. It looks like it's, it looks like a toy. It doesn't look like, right like a military insignia it looks like it's just like some guy some of them had it on their thigh some of them it, it's bad it's it's kind of like when transformers did that with the g2 where they were like yeah we're just gonna write yeah. autobot, autobot or on, yeah that was terrible and <laughs> or sometimes even the character's name across their body right yeah. but then this repaint of scarlet the second version is uh I don't think that I have this one, but it's like a dark purple with, with purple metallic boots and gloves and then orange belts and stuff. It's a little more uniform, and I think that's what helps it make helps make it look less wonky proportionally. Yeah. Yeah, because between the between the two, this the second one is definitely uh, more visually appealing. And then the, you I can see on uh, on Yojo in the picture, you can the way that this one is turned, you can see you can see ponytail. her ponytail. Yep. Yeah. So then in 2003, we get yet another re-release of the version one. And this was a mail away, but not for Hasbro. Uh, if any of our listeners out there remember in the 90s, late 90s. Through the mid 2000s, there was a toy Nin magazine called Toy Fair. 96 to 2008, maybe? The greatest magazine that ever existed. <sighs> Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Um, so they, they did um, exclusives every single month that you could mail in to get. And they did a two-pack of Scarlet and Snake Eyes. Um so it is a straight up re-release of version one. Her colors are a little different. So the 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 bodysuit is uh, a dark blue, but not as dark as the Stars and Stripes set. Well, well it's like a mix of the 1.5 and the Stars and Stripes set because her yeah. gloves and her well, leotard, I guess, match the 1.5 figure. But then the bodysuit really is about the same color as the stars and stripes one but yep. she has black boots like that one as well yep. but i didn't order even though i was collecting toy fair i was collecting gi joe at the time i didn't order this because this aesthetic didn't go with what was on the market at the time uh, so i never had this set but i would uh, buy it now if i came across it this is one Same. of the few toy fair mail aways that i went ahead and got nice. um and I actually, I really like the design on both the Snake Eyes and the Scarlet in this set. Um, I like, I, I still like that purple, but I think it looks better with the the more beige, uh, like unitard over the top of it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I said it's not as good as the original, but I think it's a, it's a much better upgrade. I think it does a, a nice job of balancing the '82 and the '97 versions. This is actually my favorite version of scarlet that we've talked about so far wow hmm. i really like the the purple bodysuit with the the lighter uh gloves and, and leotard thing and i think this portrait is the best one we've seen yet 
the the way the paint is applied and everything. Yeah. And she came out and she came with additional accessories as well. So you get the crossbow, but she also came with a backpack and a couple of swords. So uh, she's a, she's got a little bit more gear. Uh, this has a couple of the backpacks that were present in almost every single G.I. Joe set. At the time. <laughs> yeah. So if you ever go to you, if you're at Joe Fest this weekend uh, and uh, you go through some of those bins of G.I. Joe accessories and you see a whole bunch There'll of be just similar looking thousands bla- black of backpacks. this black backpack with the bedroll on it. Yeah, just just keep going because uh, you're probably not going to find much good stuff in that bin. All right. So then in 2004, we get Scarlet version four. Uh, so she was part of the Valor versus Venom line. She was packed with the Sand Scorpion. Uh, so she's in a, a green bodysuit. It's got a bit of a grayish kind of blue design going from the, the collar down to her belt the arms she's got again some kind of grayish blue design mixed in with with the green of the bodysuit and then because it is that era we have some very asymmetrical armor designs so she's got the shoulder armor on one on her right shoulder but then like this piece that kind of goes over her like just right in front of her collar, like three of them on the inside of her leg, uh, knee pads, knee high boots. Um, She's pretty busy. Yeah. Yeah. There to me, uh, even though this is the two thousands, this is a nineties design for a figure. I will say, I think the head sculpt, is one of the most feminine looking head sculpts they've done on a Scarlet. Um, she's got like this side parted hair that's a little bit longer in the back, but it's still not like a ponytail. Uh, her face is, is you know, rounded. So um, if it wasn't for the big circular shoulders and the G.I. Joe stamped down her boots. <laughs> on her shin guard for some <laughs> odd reason. I, proportionally, I think this one is is pretty good. Uh, that bulbous shoulder. Yeah, bulbous shoulder. And the head's probably a little bit It's smaller. a little small. It's a little small. But yeah. it goes with, you know, everything else in the era. But otherwise, like, it's pretty cool design. Colors are pretty cool. And proportionally, this one looks pretty good. And I remember being very pleased with it at the time. Yeah, like, honestly... You could have even given Ninja Scarlet this body, and it would have yeah been a better design. So moving ahead again in two thousand and four, we have uh, what I jokingly called Ninja Training Scarlet. It's, well, I mean that's literally what it is. Yeah, yeah it's Scarlet in a gi. Um, just a solid white figure uh, again with, I think the head is just a little too small. Well, that but... was all of the comic packs. Like as much as I love the comic pack figures and their direct references to the comics, 
they all did have kind of just two small heads and, and they're great portraits. They look awesome, but they're just a, a pinch too small. <laughs> yeah, but, but overall, I mean, it's very plain. It's very basic because, I mean, it's just a white suit. Um, but well, it's her from the second bad. issue of the comic when we're introduced to, to Scarlet as we're meeting the members of the G.I. Joe team. Yeah. And, she's, and the, she's training in her dojo right. in Atlanta with her family. And the body itself is just, it's the jinx repaint uh, yeah. 100% except for oh, the head. Okay. Oh, wait a minute. No, am I confusing? Okay, this is from issue two, but am I confusing the scenario with when she gets kidnapped in the Sunbow cartoon? I think this is actually, she's training in Joe headquarters. I don't think this is in Atlanta. I think I, in the comic, when we meet her in this, She's maybe with recruits. Hmm. But again, it goes to show you how much color can absolutely change. Like I would be fooled by Clark Kent wearing glasses because <laughs> all these years I had no idea that that was just Jinx's body. So after that, we get into Scarlet version six. Uh, which is a repaint of Scarlet version four, except this time uh, it's a black body suit. I, I think the colors work better. Well, I think they're trying to kind um, of show her original color scheme here. Yeah, I guess there's a lot of like, like I, I feel like there's a lot of like X-Men slash Matrix cues going on with some of the designs around this point. Because those were both very popular franchises. I'll be honest; I don't know what's going on with. I like this design, but I don't know what it is. It's it's freaking weird. <laughs> it, it's like we said for the the other version. I mean, it's a very busy design, and then we get it yet again uh, for Scarlet Version Seven. But now she's more in like desert colors. I think this one works the best out of the three. Yeah. Okay. more muted colors more like military colors you know what this does look more military i would say the last one definitely looks like she's a superhero yeah, yeah. like from a distance i looked at it and i was like is that like a bomb strike figure that they just repainted as scarlet but no it's a scarlet so then in 2005 we get yet another retake on the version one scarlet this was an online exclusive that came in a three pack with breaker and cobra commander um but it it looks like they gave her a different yeah they gave her a different head yeah so it's the version one sculpt with an all new head yeah well, that, i mean this was the comic packs that's what they did is they took tooling from the the shoulders down and then put new uh, they would paint it to look like the comic book and then they would do completely new tooling for the portraits uh that reflected what the characters looked like in the comics and they would also add things like skis and ski poles right so so she is ready for winter battle uh which then again if this was the original sunbow cartoon she would be in just her regular outfit (laughs) 
out well, she in would the have, snow. She fighting. would have a coat. She would have a a, a winter coat on. Well, I You're presume there must be a scene where Scarlet she's, is, she's is more sensitive to winter than Quick Kick. Uh, Quick Kick is not sensitive to anything. <laughs> he lives in Hollywood. He has been completely. Uh, he, he has no feelings left after being in the Hollywood system for as long as he has. I'm, I, I guess if, if this is from issue nine, I guess there's a scene where she's skiing at some point in time in the issue. I'd have to go back and, and look at it again because uh, it's been a while since I read stuff that early. But... Oh, I just read this recently and I can't even remember exactly what the deal with the skis <laughs> or the hologram Cobra Commander. Are. Yeah, that's, a, that's an odd choice. I mean, not, not a bad figure. I don't hate it. I, I, oh, I like this one quite a oh, bit. I love this figure. I think this is color wise, this is the best one they've done. And the head, I think, I, is an improvement over the original head. I like the head sculpt on this one a lot. However, I am more of a fan of the darker colors for mm. the body. But this does accurately reflect what she looked like in the comics. Like yeah. the, the <clears throat> colors were a little lighter. So now we move into 2007, where we've gotten into the 25th anniversary, and we have Scarlet version 8, which is an updated version of her G1 look. Um, but so again, with they, the more muted colors. Yeah, and um, updated articulation. Uh this one suffers from, so they, they tried to give her a head sculpt with a ponytail, and I have two different versions of this figure, and both of them, the head sculpt just causes her head to look like it's always kind of pointed down. Yeah, that's and, and that happened with a lot of these figures, unfortunately, is the, the way the where the head situated on the neck peg for whatever reason that, that some of them just can't look straight ahead and it drives me crazy. Yeah. And so the way they sculpted the ponytail, you can get a lot of side to side movement with her, but that up and down gets hindered. So yeah. Um, again, like they said, a bit more of the muted colors, but it's version one all over again she is definitely like all the other 25th anniversary figures she is on a much more slender body type than what um, well in the the kind of the opposite of the way that the early 2000s figures were where because they had those big shoulders and arms that the female figures always looked a lot weirder than the male figures i think that on the 25th uh line the female figures actually looked better proportioned because the figures were more slender and more slight mm -hmm. well this uh i i was collecting these as they were coming out as well as they're all right there uh as each of these figures came out i felt that they were each one was the greatest action figure <laughs> i had ever seen in my life <laughs> Now, looking back, I realize there's some proportion issues. There are definitely some articulation issues. If you look at her hips, like those aren't doing anything. Yeah. You're not getting any good poses out of this figure. But at the time, this these these were revolutionary to me. Uh, they were revolutionary enough 
that I sold off all my G1 figures and went this route. Well, that's just crazy talk. I know. <laughs> but I've but I've, also I've done a lot, also a lot of too. the G1 figures that I had as a kid. Like by this point, I did not have a scarf anymore. Right. So right. it's not like I sold off that, but but yeah. Uh then we get to version 10, which I don't know about you guys, but next to Cobra Flint, this was peg warmer, like yeah, this one this one sat. But I, well, I mean yeah. I've, I've got it because I love it. Because it's bait what is it based on? The Glinda, which was the Argentinian repaint. Okay. Yeah. So we called it Pilot <clears throat> Scarlet. So it's it's the 25th anniversary body. They've just painted her unit hard silver, her arms and her gloves and shin guards are are painted white, but then she came with a fighter pilot helmet. She came with like this flak kind of vest, um, parachute type vest. Which so, said the the fact that this is peg warmer is baffling to me because this was one of the best looking figures I thought on the shelves at the time because I loved her in that flight suit and the fact that like underneath you take all the take all the accessories off and now you've got an homage to a cool figure from you know from another country. You know, that was neat to mm-hmm. me. I just don't think enough people outside of Joe, like mom and dad taking their, their kid to the store, they didn't get well, what and this in, figure was. In, in 2008, just prior to the movie coming out, the line was in a little bit of a downturn. Like, because the 2007 was huge we had joe everywhere everything that came out was just awesome 2008 i feel like it was actually starting to stagnate a little bit at that point and and rise of cobra coming out really did revitalize everything so yeah um then we we get version nine uh which she was a redo of the first 25th anniversary color version in more cartoony colors uh she was one of the comic packs but like her unitard to me this is more of like a a mustardy yellow like to me this is sunbow scarlet yeah and i did i open oh i have these packed up now because i i got these comic book or the I bought all of the 25th anniversary style comic packs at the time because very often they included characters that were not otherwise released. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of them is the only way to get those characters. And I can't remember what the context was for her and Hawk being in this pack together. And I don't know what issue of the comic. Uh, let's see. I'm sure it says right here. Uh, the pack also included a reprint of issue one of the Marvel series. So, uh-huh. so maybe this is supposed to be a mark. Well, it is, it's the more subdued colors. This is supposed to be a, a Marvel look. Uh, and it also makes sense why it comes with Hawk who led the Joe team for the first, however many issues of the comic. 
So from there, we skip ahead to 2009. So movie comes out and we get Shayna Scarlett O'Hara version 11. Uh, Sculpted to look like her movie version. She's, her body is suit all black. Um, They've sculpted longer hair that's like comes down in curls on her shoulders. So it looks like it totally limits any head articulation. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You're not this this head that does she not has. Um, this is I a had, this is a I great had, Marvel Black Widow figure. <laughs> yeah. I I stopped collecting around this point. Um, because I I just those movie figures I just thought like costume wise were so bland, even if you know, they were made to be more realistic. See, I went in completely the opposite direction. I bought all of the movie stuff. And it's again, to, to point behind me where the listeners can't see, uh, because I loved the fact that it was all of these Joes and matching uniforms. I really liked, cause I've got all my unique Joes with their unique uniforms, which is part of what makes GI Joe so great. But I loved that in the movie line, they had the gray camo, they had the desert camo. So you had like gung ho and, and all the other characters, but they were in these matching uniforms or, or Scarlet and Duke and Ripcord and the black, like, I just like that. That looks great to me on the shelf. It's a cool presentation and a different kind of GI Joe look. And it shows what a contradiction my head is because that's what I love about that first 1982 wave. If you have them on your shelf, even though they're just like olive green, they pop and they stick out when you have them all lumped together. Yep against everybody else there was just something about the blacks and the grays that were used for the movie that i that i just felt blah well and and i mean look you're right looking at this figure and you know duke and ripcord and the other ones they released in these black suits uh heavy duty like it is it is dull throw some color on that throw some yellow on it throw you know do something if they had given her some kind of like silver accent to break up a little bit Something. of that black, yeah, maybe then I think it could have, but sculpt wise, it's fantastic. The portrait is, you know, at this scale in 2009, yeah. it's as good a Rachel Nichols as you're gonna get. Uh, I mean, this is a great figure, but her it's her head certainly... is looking straight, a- straight ahead, yes. so it's, yes. it's not like she's looking down at the ground, but nobody's she's... gonna pick this as like even probably a top five Scarlet figure, but it's a great action figure. It, it, it very well represents what it's supposed to represent. So then we get the second version of her uh, from 2009. So version 12, and now she is in the gray camo, um, which I love hair. this pattern that they developed just for the movie. Mm-hmm. Her hair is pulled back into a ponytail again. She looks I, very sleepy. Yeah. But <laughs> I think say, this I, portrait I like... is actually better than the other one. Yeah, it's a good portrait. But yeah, she just has like those very sleepy eyes, at least. Well, that, that she looked kind of bored through the whole movie. Well, I, she probably was. <laughs> From the head down, 
I really like this the design of this figure. Well, so um, did Hasbro because they reused it several times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, um, I yeah, they could have done a little bit better job uh, on the head, as far as I'm concerned, but not not terrible. But it's cool. I mean, this is this is cool, like ready for deployment, Scarlet. Like yeah. I like, and I love that we have a whole set of Joes in these fatigues with this matching camouflage pattern. Like I, I really dig that. I think it's cool. It's like the sub teams. It's like Python patrol or tiger force or night force. Like it's, it's a set. And I dig that. That's actually a really good way of looking at it. I had not thought of that. Uh, so moving on from there, we get into 2010 version 13 which was the G.I. Joe Resolute Scarlet. Uh, so instead of like the unitard with the bodysuit, she's got the bodysuit, but she has like the just a chest armor piece, um, a shoulder guard. This to me is a better updated, like if you were doing an updated G1 Scarlet, this is a better version of that than the 25th anniversary yeah i would agree with that this is very similar to the classified scarlet Uh, yeah um she's i think she has a good head sculpt um it's pulled back in a ponytail but they kind of did it so part of the the hair is like on her shoulder um it looks like she has absolutely full range of motion um and then again, I'm also a fan of the look of the Resolute figures. So, yeah, I thought the design aesthetic on a lot of those Resolute figures were really, really good. Yeah, I mean, we we reviewed Resolute here on the show. Uh, the listeners can go back and check that out. And one of the things I think we all agreed on was that the designs were all very cool. Yeah. So now we are looking at version 14 which came out in 2011 and this it says that this is part of the 30th anniversary line uh but she is based off of her look from the renegades yes yeah cartoon so um she's wearing blue jeans with spats on her boots um long sleeve long brown sleeves with kind of like a tank top over that undershirt. Uh, again, her hair is pulled back into a ponytail. Great look for the figure. A little, I think the Renegade figures are a little cartoonish when you put them next to all the others. Yeah, but, to me, they don't blend. Yeah, it's almost like they are their own separate entity like you're not mixing renegade figures with the rest of your your joes which is fine i don't have a problem with that or you could probably pop her head off and put one of the other ones on to get a more realistic uh portrait if you need it but spot on look from her cartoon well and this is I actually I, I don't have a ton of the Renegades figures, but I do have this one because this is a phenomenal action figure uh, as far as the articulation goes. 
has some of the deepest elbow bends. Uh, the ankles are a very early in 2011. You know, nowadays the disc peg ankle is on like every figure where it's, it's the, the foot is mounted at an angle on a peg. So you have a full range of movement up and down. And then the, the foot actually rotates on a peg. This has those kind of angles on it. Uh, this figure articulation wise is it, it has what I refer to as Spider-Man articulation where you can get this figure into Spider-Man poses. That's how well done it is. And that's amazing at this scale in 2011. See, I love hearing that take because around this time or slightly, actually maybe a couple years before um, I got heavily into the new line of Microman figures that were coming out in Japan. Yeah. Yeah. At the time. So that sort of exactly what you're talking about for the ankle articulation, I was so used to. So when, so there are certain things that when I would see on figures that I just think, yeah, why aren't all toy lines doing this? So hearing it from that, that when you got that on a Joe figure, oh my gosh, this is so new and cool. Yeah. Uh, that actually, I don't know. It warms my heart a little because I think I probably took that for granted at the time. Yeah, it was this, this was to getting this figure. It was noteworthy how well everything was done and how well the articulation worked into the profile of the figure. Because a lot of times when you do add that much articulation, it really breaks up like the elbows and the knees mm -hmm. can look kind of janky. Uh, it's, it's a great looking figure that also poses incredibly well. Uh, it, it holds up to modern standards, you know, 11 years later. Oh yeah. I, I see that version of Scarlet used quite a bit. Uh, with some of the people that I follow on Flickr in their photography. Uh, so, yeah, very popular. So moving ahead to 2016, we get Scarlet version 15, which was an exclusive that came with the G.I. Joe and Transformers box set for 2016 San Diego Comic-Con, which also included a Zartan, a Power Glide, and a Soundwave. I passed on this one and I'm still, I'm still mad that I don't have all of these sets and it's my own darn fault. Same this, here. This Scarlet, it's, it's so unlike any <laughs> other one we've seen before, which is it's odd that they chose to do something like that in a exclusive set like that. Um, but I really, really love the look of this one. Oh, it's great. Yeah. So she's, Basically in a, like, like just coveralls. It's um, almost like, like not color wise, but it's almost like Kill Bill looking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, partially unzipped. She's got the yellow stripes going down the front. She's got stripes. It looks like going down the, the forearms into fingerless gloves. She has they kind of look like clunky boots, but not. Um, the head sculpt, I think, is is the absolute best we've seen. 
Uh, well, the head was used before, but it's those, it's the painted eyes. The painted I think. Yeah, the, the yeah. paint apps are what are putting this over. I yeah, mean, it, it really looks, it's very up. like animated. Yeah. And the, the color of the hair is just like this bright, almost like color crown red. Um, yeah i i'm with you dave i regret not picking this up because it's it's for the most part hard to find this figure by herself whenever you look on ebay and when you do she's not cheap and this this set would be very expensive to get and that's that's like it's infuriating to me because I, i i was just like I bought the Starscream Sky Striker set and I loved the box so much and I kind of didn't have anything to do with the vehicles in it. So I never opened it. And at one point I was like, if I'm not going to open this, I don't need to have it. And I sold it, which was absolutely stupid. Uh, and then I didn't get the only other, the only one I still have that I got is the Shockwave set because Shockwave is my favorite Transformer ever. So I have the Shockwave His Tank. Uh, but I, I wish I had all of these sets because they're all awesome. That Power Glide Rattler looks so good. <laughs> so good. Anyway, there's a great, great Scarlet figure. Though. Yeah. So from there, we go to Hasbro's attempt to make up for do, Ninja Scarlet. Do we have it. some redemption here? Whew. So she Kinda? was... Kinda. She was released. She's considered Scarlet Virgin 16, released in 2017 as part of the G.I. Joe featuring Ninja Force and Transformers box set from the G.I. Joe Collectors Club. So using, um, Oof. I, I would say, a mix of, well, She's using the head and upper legs of Scarlet Version 14, the torso of Kim Arashikage, mm. the waist of Scarlet Version 11, the arms of Zorana, and the lower legs and feet of an Air Viper. And to me, she looks like a mishmash. I mean, well, it le- looks better than the original Ninja Force Scarlet. But they have painted what are clearly shirt parts in flesh colors. <laughs> yeah, so it makes her look like she just has some really weird skin problem. And she she's got on. she's got resting Karen face. <laughs> well, she I think they, they tried to get that Eddie Scarlet. Izzard look back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, like I mean, this is it's. It's, it's not as bad, but it's still brutal. Right. Yeah. Again, once again, I think that the design would be good if it was on a better figure, if they actually it, took well, a little bit more attention to detail on it. If they, rather than trying to kit bash it, if right. they yeah. just made that design. But they weren't molding anything new for these no, exclusive no, no. sets. No, but sometimes you have to know when to just let something go (laughs) (laughs) well and i mean look i i have to appreciate that this is in a set because it's the only time we ever got a dr sydney biggles jones figure 
Um, so I, you know, I had to get my hands on that one. So I don't have the Scarlet, but I did have to get the 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 Doctor Biggles Jones figure. I, I don't I don't blame you for passing on the the Scarlet. If, right. if they were to do this look in the classified series, which you know, on the one hand, I would like to say that's never going to happen, but on the other hand, Lenny has said some crazy stuff. That's true. <laughs> so I don't know. This is it, we have to think this is a possibility at some point. I would like to have a good Ninja Force Scarlet figure. At some point, I'd like to have a good Scarlet figure in the classified line, period. All right, now. Mm. We've got... Hate is gonna hate. I, yeah. well, I know, and I know you love the movie one. I'm not... I, I, I will agree it's a good-looking figure, but I'm just not collecting the movie figures. I, I want like both I want of good the other original ones. Scarlet. I, I, but yes, I look, we don't yet have a Scarlet that I look at, and I think that's the Scarlet I want in classified. But right. I do think all three that we've gotten are good figures but they're not they're just not the scarlet i want yet right hopefully we'll get there i think with scarlet what we've learned is when they swing and it's a hit there's some very good scarlet figures but when they miss they miss they just completely miss like there's (laughs) not there's there's very little meh with the scarlet figures yeah 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 it's it's pretty much yeah i would have this in my collection or oh gosh somebody burn it why why is this in the world so um if we look at international releases uh as you guys said there was the argentinian glinda which is version one Scarlet with blonde hair, blue and white. Uh, she's got a chrome, a uh, chrome? unitard. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and one of the one of the and guys breakers that... breakers headgear. Yep. yep. How does that even fit on her? Because <laughs> she doesn't have a helmet. Right. So one of the guys that I follow on Flickr, he does a lot of custom GI Joes, and this is one of the repaints that he regularly does for people. Um, so s- seeing his versions loose, uh, I like the colors, the color scheme. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would, uh, but I would also think if you ever did find one of these because of the chrome used on the body, it if you don't find one packaged, it's probably oh, yeah. going to be all... It's going to be terrible. <clears throat> all I, scratched I think- up. I think this is like ripe for a Super Seven. hundred uh, percent. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I would sure. be shocked if we don't see this from Super Seven. Yeah, I mean, this uh, this is one of those. This would go really well with the Snake Eyes that they dropped out of yeah. out of the blue at Target. Um, out of the blue, a... I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this would be a good companion piece to go with that. Yeah, definitely. So, and then there is also an Argentinian version of Scarlet then but when i look at the scarlet along with the brazilian scarlet and the mexico scarlet i mean they're pretty much the colors at least to my eyes all look the same just they're, with variations on they're the, similar yeah on they're the, probably just yeah. molded in slightly cheaper plastic yeah they just look like exactly. cheaper versions of, yeah. of the regular scarlet the original scarlet yeah so no Let's start with you. If there can be only one, 
who's who's going home with Noel? Uh, I mean, if there can if there can be only one, if you're wording it that way, it's different. If I was going to say if I had to pick one of these as being my favorite, um, I I like that uh, Agent Scarlet version four two thousand five that has those more muted comic book colors and that new head. But if, I, if, there, can, if there can be only one, I gotta have my my original. So you know, probably the probably the 1.5 just so you get the extra articulation but uh yeah gotta go with the classics good pick and i and, and i also really love uh the the one the toy fair wizard two-pack again same mold same original mold but i like those colors a lot dave uh ooh, my favorite scarlet design is version 15 from that Transformers GI Joe pack. It's a really mm-hmm. good, really good color it scheme. Just looks great because it's an homage to the original, but it's a more practical design. Uh, but out of all of the Scarlet figures, I think the the most successful, best executed one is the Renegades figure, the version 14. Uh, that figure, okay. that figure is flawless as an action figure it looks like what it's supposed to look like it's an incredible toy that is just the best scarlet figure that it's that has been released very nice well as much as i love version one i have to say in the time that i spent looking at all the scarlets leading up to this episode I just constantly keep going back to version 15 from that Transformers box set. And I, I'm pretty much the same critique that you had, Dave. Like, it's an updated design. It, the sculpting, the, the uniform, everything on her to me just, I look at her and I know immediately who she is. Yeah. And, it's just phenomenal. Look. Yeah, that's that says a lot when you can take an entirely new design that, that doesn't look like any other Scarlet they've done before and you immediately say, oh, yeah, that's Scarlet. That, that's what fits her. Well, that's the, I mean, that's the squint test. Yeah. You know? Well, and, and they never did one that was based on, like, the America's Elite design from the comics. But yeah. this, mm-hmm. one, this one does have, I think, probably some cues that are taken from that. Without the big shoulder, big red shoulder pieces, and then of course there have been some statues and things over the years, but we're not we're not going to dip into all that. We're more concerned with action figures, action. Uh, and I don't believe there was. Uh, I don't think there was a sideshow Scarlet. Uh-uh. I don't think there was a Sigma Six Scarlet. No, uh, which is kind of surprising to be honest. Let me. Yeah, she was apparently a character in the show, but uh, I don't think she ever got a figure. Mm-mm. Very bizarre. Uh, were there any female Sigma Six figures? I don't think so. I'm trying to remember because that was a line that I cherry picked. Um, it looks like, okay, so there was a prototype. Oh, interesting. Of of Scarlet, but the line, but she never made it to production. Okay. Um. Very surprising that hmm. Sideshow didn't 
didn't produce a Scarlet. And then we, we, I, I don't think there has been, no, there hasn't, there has not been a one twelfth scale Scarlet mm-hmm. figure, which is shocking because you'd think that look lends itself to the more doll like style. Yeah. And even with all of the third party companies out there that make, you know, kit bashing. Right. Sets, right. Um, none for Scarlet. Wow. And don't forget, there was the Ninja Strike Scarlet from the Snake Eyes toy line. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, the f- the modern the movie line, Snake Eyes Origins or JoJo oh. Origins line. You, yeah, so, these are the little the the like just barely slightly less inch. than right. Yeah, which, which I, I bought. Great seven, figure, I bought multiple. Uh, um, what do you call them? Night Creepers from that line. Uh, and that Scarlet is actually a really good figure. Yeah. Um. So there you go. Uh, I would love to see, uh, like I said, we still don't have a classified Scarlet that I consider the Scarlet I want. Uh, I would love to see 3-0 do a Scarlet. I would love to see Mezco do a one twelve Scarlet. That's what I was just thinking. Yeah, that's, that's, those are things that need to happen. All right, you guys. Well, I think we have covered every aspect of Scarlet as an action figure. Is it time to move on? And that is all the audible interlude we've got for you this week. Our music is by Andy Samford of electricminnowmusic.com. You can follow us on Instagram at audible interlude podcast and Twitter at GI Joe audible. Uh, You can find my toy reviews on the needless things, YouTube channel where I do review GI Joe toys whenever I can manage to get my hands on them. Uh, Christian, why don't you tell us where we can find those wonderful pictures of yours? So you can find my toy photography on Instagram and Flickr.com under Legion Cub. And Noel, why don't you tell us about The Finest? The Finest is a costuming club that focuses on the world of G.I. Joe. And we want you to submit your uh, application and uh, join our ranks. You can help us raise money for a great uh charity called canines for warriors and we will be at joe fest so uh you're catching this right before joe fest kicks off uh come see us uh and donate some money and uh come uh cool get some cool swag as always thank you guys so much for sitting down and talking about gi joe uh we gotta wrap this thing up now so i'll just say this yo joe You have been listening to a Needless Things podcast. You can follow Needless Things on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at needlessthingspodcast.com. Love you. Mean it. Uh Uh-huh.